Welcome into a brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Mexico Open. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. And Joe, we're back, baby. A week off. Good to see you. We are you. back, man. I'm excited. I got fired up just hearing that little jingle, uh, the, the Rick Run Good jingle as we come into the show. Exciting show we have lined up tonight. Excited to see you guys all back here in the chat. Don't forget, we're giving away free money throughout the show uh, and have an exciting new segment to sort of debut today as well, correct? Yeah, we've got a lot going on. So let me hit the, the good stuff here at the top. The code you're looking for, power. That's a $50 deposit bonus. We're playing stock market DFS here this evening. And of course, uh, if you drop your jock market username in the chat, that gets you entered into a draw. And Joe, I do want to I do want to look back at the RBC Heritage for just one second. That's the last cash market that we had. But yeah, we've been teasing it all day. Uh, got a chance to talk to Patrick Flavin earlier. And he gave us some insight about this golf course that I think is going to be very actionable on this Wednesday evening, my friend. Well, I love to hear that. Um, can't wait to, to show the people that it was it was awesome that that he was willing to come and be a part of the show. Obviously, up and coming PGA Tour player looking to break through this week. He feels pretty good about his chances, I think. So we'll see what shares of old Patrick Flavin go for tonight. Yeah, I think we're going to get an all-time high on, on Patrick this evening. Yeah, he is, uh, I mean, the four-time Monday qualifier thing. I, I remember when, okay. like, Patrick Reed, I don't know how many times he did it in a year, but anytime you Monday qualify, it's insane. Anytime you do it multiple times, it's insane. We talk so much about the depth of all of the tours right now, Joe, and, like, Monday qualifying has got to be the hardest thing in golf. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's unbelievable that he's been able to do that. Um, and, and to get a little bit of insight about the unknown that is this week, new golf course, new event, it's going to play easy. Is it going to play hard? Is it going to play long? Is it going to play soft? Um, what to really expect by someone with boots on the ground who's been through a couple of practice rounds already will, I'm sure, be be actionable, as you put it. Yeah, I said he's been there since Monday. So we'll get to that in just a, a second here. But what I will do is uh, if you've just stumbled in here and you don't know what the heck's going on or if you're like Christian and it's your first time in a power hour, let me give you a little bit of an example here. So here's the data from the last cash market we had, Joe. RBC Heritage, Jordan Spieth, remember this, sold for $4.99 a share, went out, won the golf tournament, $25 a share. That's $20 in profit. And if you even had Patrick Cantlay shares and he lost in that playoff, uh, he took you from $8.22 to $20 a share. So this is the way the market shaped up for the Heritage. Do I ever remember, Rick? And I know it's been two weeks, but we talked about Spieth at nauseum on that show. A couple of different instances. I ended up with a bunch of shares of him because it's, it's rare that you get him sub $5. And we sat here and talked about it uh, for every player, no matter how the recent data looks. Um, there's a buy low spot for every single player in the field. Just like you don't want to you don't want to buy high, um you want to sell high, there's a buy low spot there. 499 a share was was borderline stealing with Jordan Spieth in that field and and he was able to come through. Had some fortunate things obviously go his way on Sunday, which is his normal path to victory it sometimes seems. Um but that happens, right? And he was in the right place at the right time. Obviously was ended up uh putting 5x on your dollar if he had shares of Spieth. And then, you know, turning our attention to this week, it's not a new event in the world of golf. It's just a new event on the PGA Tour, and it's a new golf course. So guys like you and I, we've been doing a lot of speculating, Joe. We've been doing a lot of advanced reconnaissance, trying to figure out the way this golf course is going to play, the way the field is going to shape up. What are your, you know, Wednesday evening thoughts about how this event ends up playing out or the types of golfers that are going to be at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday evening? Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear what Patrick's going to say, of course, but my thoughts all week have been uh, it's going to be go out there and make as many birdies as possible. Resort course, uh, we know what we typically get from that. Looks to be on a little bit of the longer side as they did change number four and number 16 into par fours that normally play as par fives for resort guests. So they're making an attempt to kind of make this move the goalposts a little bit to make it a, a reasonable finishing score. But from what I've seen lately, Rick, and, and you can confirm or deny this, but it looks like the weather is absolutely going to be ideal. Minimal wind. Um, I think these guys go out there and it plays much like many of the, the Corn Ferry Tour events we played where uh, or that we see where you're going to probably need 20 under to win this thing. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think there's a very consistent wind that you get, um, you know, kind of every afternoon. It gets up to like 10 or 12 miles an hour, and that's kind of what you deal with, and everybody knows what direction it's coming in. It's very, very consistent, but I don't know, Joe. Why take, why take our word for it? 
Maybe yeah, who are just we? hear from a guy who's played, you know, practice rounds there this week, who's been, you know, playing on the PGA Tour uh, Latino America. Like, maybe we should just hear from, from Pat. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to try to run this. Um, I, I spoke with Patrick earlier today. I'm going to try to run this video right now. So fingers crossed that this all works very well. Here we go. Uh, let me welcome in Patrick Flavin and Patrick, uh, my God, dude, another Monday qualifier. Uh, how hard is it to get in on a Monday in these events? I mean, yeah, I'm very grateful to get through that that qualifier. Uh, it's no joke for sure. I think uh, it was a little intense for me, I'd say, at the end. I was like 700 through 10, but uh, made some bogeys, ended up getting into a playoff. But uh, buried the first playoff hole, fortunately. And yeah, I'm very grateful to be down here in Mexico. Well, that's the big thing. You got to go so low in these Monday qualifiers that like, is is that a completely different mindset for you when you're teeing it up? For sure. I think I, I like to play a little bit more aggressive. I mean, uh, I think the PGA Tour qualifiers are a little different animal than the Corn Ferry. They, they set up the golf course a little bit tougher. Um, so you don't really have to go quite as low. I think if you shoot five, six under, you have a chance. Uh, but that being said, I mean, you still got to shoot five, six under. Um, so yeah, I play aggressive and I just try to fire at every pin and, and, uh, I'd say whenever I'm in between, I kind of give myself a chance to, to get close. So that's kind of how my, my planning changes. But, uh, other than that, you just gotta, gotta play golf. You gotta take advantage of the par fives and hopefully birdie a couple hard holes. You seem to have a knack for these, uh, these tropical type events, man. It's, it's Punta Cana, it's, it's Bermuda, it's, it's Puerto Rico. You're just, you're just checking off all the most tropical places on tour right now. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying to me that I keep picking like the best weeks. But uh, I'm not. I think it's a little bit random uh, which qualifiers I'm getting through. But when I do get in, it's really nice to come to these places. And I played on the Latin American tour, and that's kind of got me prepared for um, for some of this crazy travel. And then kind of playing the different types of grasses, like this week's past Palm. I've played quite a bit on this type of grass on the Latin tour, and then those events you just mentioned. So I think that's kind of why I've done well uh, these specific weeks. Okay, well, let's uh, let's nerd out a little bit because past Palm is always a big question mark for us. You know, the guys who are trying to handicap this or prognosticate this or even covering this in the media because we don't have shot link for for these types of events. But past Palm, it's it's a different blade of grass, right? I think it's kind of thicker. Like, what are your opinions on it? Totally. It is like thicker, kind of sticks straight up in the air. It's not necessarily that grainy mm. uh, like like other types of grasses that you see in the U.S., but uh this week, it's kind of irrelevant because the grass is so perfect. It's cut so short. I mean, the greens normally on past Palom are pretty slow and kind of soft. But this week, they're pretty firm and they're fast. So it kind of is playing a lot more like Bermuda, I'd say. But, uh, but yeah, generally, you kind of see that really sticky grass around the greens, which makes chipping a little bit tougher. But uh, this week, they're so pure that it almost is, is not even really a – it doesn't really change too much for everybody, I'd say. Yeah, the handful of rounds I've played on past Palm have uh, eaten me alive, my friend. So uh, it's not never never really been been great for me. But let's let's talk a little bit about this golf course because um, you know we've never seen it on the PGA on the PGA tour. So we're you know looking at the scorecard and I'm like, well, they turned this resort course into kind of a PGA tour stop, and they you know it's now playing as a 71. I think it might be playing kind of long. What what is your assessment of it? Totally. I think it's kind of an advantage to me that nobody's seen this golf course before. Yeah. I think normally on the PGA Tour, having experience uh, be, seeing the golf course makes a huge difference. So it's kind of nice that nobody has seen this place. Uh, but, I mean, it is an incredible golf course. It is beautiful. It's immaculate. I think they said they shut down the course for a month before we showed up. So there's not a, not a blade of grass out of line. But uh, it is super long. I think they – it's, it used to be a par 73, and they turned it to a par 71, and they also added a couple hundred yards to the, to the tees. So, I mean, it's like 490-yard par 4 after 490-yard par 4. So, uh, that being said, it's not super tight off the tee. There's a couple tough tee shots, but uh, I think hitting your irons, long irons, into the green is going to be kind of where you separate yourself. And then uh, around the green, there's not too much going on. The greens are fast, and they're perfect. But, uh, yeah, I think – you just got to be aggressive. If the greens are big, you got to hit in the white right quadrants. But yeah, like I said, long iron play is going to really be where you see guys separate themselves. Uh, Greg Norman did his usual copy paste, copy paste on the bunkers around the greens there, right? So there's a ton of bunkering, isn't there? There is a ton of bunkering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the bunkers are perfect. It's got like perfect beach sand in them. 
Uh, but like you said, like there's definitely some spots in those bunkers that you don't want to be. So it's just an amazing test of golf. And like the grandstands are beautiful. There's tons of people out there already. It's just a great scene. I think, I mean, from my experience in Mexico, everybody is so friendly and it's just kind of a continuation of that. Like everybody working the resort, working the event is so friendly. And so it's a, it's just a joy to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard nothing but but good things about it um, as well. And then final thoughts on the course. It's relatively flat, isn't it? Because we've seen we've seen other courses in Mexico that the tour has gone to with with a lot more elevation changes. This one looks to be sea level flat to me. Totally. Yeah, like the WGC in Mexico City is kind of nothing like this. Like that's right. tight elevation. <laughs> this is kind of yeah, it is flat, and uh, there are mountains in the background, but we're at sea level, uh, so it's going to play long. I mean, the guys who hit it far off the tee. I think they're going to have an advantage here, um, but it's a really, really good test of golf. And uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta golf your ball to shoot shoot low here. So I guess it kind of just depends on what the conditions are like. I think it's supposed to be a similar wind southwest, ten to fifteen miles an hour. So uh, I could see the scores being pretty good. But that being said, you're gonna have to earn it. You're gonna have to earn it for sure. Okay, so when you start to to put all this into play, we're thinking about uh, maybe hitting your long irons pretty well. You can be a little bit wayward off the tee if need be. Is when I start saying this stuff, maybe fast greens. Does this sound like a course for you, Patrick? That you think you're gonna be able to find a lot of success at? For sure, I think I've always done done better on courses that are challenging. Uh, I do drive it really nicely, so when there are tight courses, I find that to be an advantage. But I think I've improved a ton on my long iron play, and I've obviously been working hard on it this week. So, yeah, a, a tough course that nobody's seen before and uh, greens that are very similar to the greens I've been playing on pretty much all year. I think every tour event I've played has been past Palom. So I definitely think I've got a, a good chance this week, and I'm just in a good good mindset. I got Morris caddying for me, who's a great friend and a really good dude. Uh, so we're just in a great frame of mind. and. Really grateful to be playing another event on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, I feel great. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, and I and I imagine, you know, even even leading into this week, anytime that you can get through as many Monday qualifiers, like you, you've you've got to feel like you've been playing decent golf for a, a good stretch of time here, don't you? Totally, yeah. And I think when you when you make it through a Monday qualifier, you kind of earned it more than anybody else, just because yeah. it is a tall task. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I belong out here. I think that's a really important thing, and. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to roll. My game's been good. It's been good for a long time. And, and just having those successes in the past, having after Monday qualifying, just shows me that my preparation, what I'm doing is the right thing. So being able to draw on those experiences is really, really important. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've got here Monday and uh, it's kind of, I'm so excited to play. So I think uh, once tomorrow morning hits, I'm going to be ready to get through, get the ball rolling. Yeah, 9.46 a.m. tea time, although that might be Pacific time. Uh, oh, no, that's that's local time for you guys, 946, yep. right? Yeah, okay. Uh, we're out with uh, Ben and uh, Bo, Ben and Bo and Patrick yep. going out at 946. Um, what, what are your expectations, right? Because I think when a lot of guys tee it up, it's like, hey, I just want to make the cut and then see what happens. We hear other guys who, whether they believe it or not, Patrick, it's like I'm out here to win, and they're just trying to convince themselves of that. Like, what what does a good week look like? What are your expectations in this full field event? Yeah, uh, I mean, my my goal is to just kind of everybody says this, but take it one shot at a time and really just appreciate the competition. I mean, playing at the highest level of professional golf is a, has always been a dream of mine. So to be able to do it. Um, is really exciting. So I'm really just going to try to appreciate, appreciate the, the whole journey of it. Um, that being said, I know that if I kind of do what, what I am capable of doing that I could find myself in contention. I think if I finish in the top 10 and get myself into the Wells Fargo, that, that would be my, my goal. Um, I definitely, I know that I can win at this level. I have to take care of, take care of business and kind of got to play my best golf, but, uh, that's not necessarily my goal. My goal is to make sure that I'm kind of in it for every single shot and playing hard. So I know that, that if I go out there and take care of what I can control uh, and have a good mindset and play my game, that I'll, I'll have a good chance to get myself in that Wells Fargo. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is really um, one thing that I think a lot of people who are watching golf don't realize that that top 10 to get into the next event is, is massive. I mean, would you, if you're in a situation where you're hovering around 
T11, T13. Are you going to be scoreboard watching? Are you going to be playing any differently knowing what a top 10 would mean for you? Uh, I'm not a huge leaderboard watcher. I definitely like to keep in mind what the lead is at and sometimes on Friday to know where the cut is at. Um, but yeah, I think just kind of on those past experiences, um, having done really well the first couple rounds in Puerto Rico and Bermuda, being near the leaderboard, being near the top of the leaderboard going into the weekend, it's it's a lot more attainable reaching that top 10. I think I've sometimes in the past on Friday started to leaderboard watch the cut. You don't play as aggressive. And when you make the cut on the number on the PGA Tour, it's really hard to make up ground on the weekend because yeah. the guys are really good. So um, when I am hovering around that top 10, I'm definitely just going to, yeah, you, you have to, you have to try to push that, push that out and not worry about it too much. But uh, yeah, I mean, some of those holes down the stretch are birdieable, like especially 18s reachable par five. So uh, I will definitely be keeping that in mind on Sunday, hopefully with a chance to get in that top 10. I love it. And um, either way, uh, you're in John Deere, right? We'll see you at the John Deere for sure. Yeah, I just got the word. I got a sponsor's invite to the John Deere, which is awesome. growing up in Illinois. That's like a dream come true. It's like a major to me. So, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled about that. And uh, I'm just going to keep on plugging away at these Monday qualifiers and having this opportunity and then the John Deere lined up. Uh, definitely makes things a little bit easier for me. You don't have to worry too much about the, the Monday qualifiers and you can kind of plan around those. So yeah, I'm so pumped. I love it. Well, Patrick, uh, much appreciated for the time here. We're obviously wishing you the best of luck, not only this week, but moving forward. Thanks so much for, for hopping on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Hopefully uh, talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. Come on. How, how good is that, man? Dude. That was awesome. Uh, what a really like genuinely positive and cool guy. Like I obviously I saw you in the comment. I've already I'm sitting over here frantically looking, trying to like wait till the last second. But the shares of Patrick Flavin are absolutely skyrocketing right now at an all time high. Rick, two two things that I took away from that. Uh, he said he plays on pass Palm all the time. All and the time. Also, yeah. it's an advantage to me that no one else has seen this golf course. I'll tell you what. Tell you what, I think I'm sold. <laughs> Listen, if 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 he does well this week, we as a community, everyone in the chat need to pitch in and do whatever we can. We need a jock market logo on the sleeve of Patrick Flavin for that John Deere. Uh, what a good guy. would love to have him back on the show. Sorry that I wasn't able to make the timing work, but you did a tremendous job. Uh, America's golf host once again crushed it. <laughs> Well, thank you. And but like seriously though, I mean, like, uh, wouldn't you just love every Wednesday night, just like like boots on the ground, right? Like how how different is it for you and I to be guessing at the scorecard? And actually, I'll tell you what, I think we did a pretty good job assessing the golf course for this week. But like having someone out there actually telling you how it sets up, like that is invaluable stuff. In this week, more than any. So, like, what a good job by the team over at Jock Market kind of lining that up for us. That was tremendous to hear someone um, who has uh, had the opportunity to play this course. And also just the experience and in, in the knowledge of the nuances that go along with, with past Palom Grass. Because we don't see it often on the PGA Tour. We do a little bit early in the season and some of the off weeks. But um, like you mentioned, a lot of that strokes gain data isn't there. So, when we're pulling a lot of the stats and stuff like that that a lot of us like to use – um, it's from bent grass. It's from Bermuda. That's what we've seen sort of on this recent swing. So I think someone who is familiar with the surface, uh, it's only another sort of notch in the belt this week that, that you would give a little plus to. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Uh, really enjoyed doing that. So thank you again, Patrick. Um, we got a little work to do here, Joe. So it's, it's eight fifty or excuse me, eight thirty-five PM Eastern time by my clock right now. The code you're looking for to deposit is power up to a $50 deposit bonus. Drop your jock market username in the chat. I'll give out some money a little bit later here, but we got to get through and get into the big board. But what we thought we'd do is we still want to play bullish or bearish, but we want to do it in kind of an abbreviated fashion, Joe, so that we can get to the big board. We can see what's going on. So hit me with one guy you're bullish on and one guy you're bearish on. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the guy that I'm bullish on this week is Austin Smotherman. I think it's going to be a popular pick, um, you know, based on where, I, what some of the stuff that I've heard this week, but the guy's just been striking it really well lately, Rick, you look at most of the stat models and, um, strokes gain approach basically from the farmers until now I got him ranked third in the field. Hits it plenty long, uh, top 20 in driving distance within this field as well. I kind of am embracing 
guys like Smotherman and guys like, um, you know, some of the, the up and coming corn fairy guys, guys like Patrick embracing some of the unknown this week. Um, as I think this presents an incredible opportunity for many of them to get it, lock up a tour card, even just to, like Patrick said, just to get into the event next week at the Wells Fargo is huge for a lot of these guys. And they have an opportunity here where, you know, if John Rahm doesn't run away with this thing, it can, it can kind of be wide open. For, for sure. I, and you and I, I think we we're talking before we went hot. It's like these guys should be licking their chops. A lot of guys, like 130 guys in this field should be like, hold, like I got a big chance this week, which is not really the case a lot of weeks on the PGA Tour. So I, I think you're right. Smotherman, um, another guy that models out very well. We were talking about that earlier. I think it's I think it's pretty sharp. I hope he does well. Yeah, uh, for my bearish guy, I'm going to go kind of like along the, the same lines of thinking. I'm going to go Pat Perez, and I realize he's going to get a little bit of a bump this week in popularity. You know, he has the moniker past Pal and Pat, uh, but he's just not playing great golf. And I think his, his value right now projection is $6.10 a share, which is going to ask Pat Perez to finish basically 26 or better in order to pay that off. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go and take a bearish side to him. Um, you know, the numbers haven't been great. He's lost strokes off the tee in six out of his last seven events. Um, you know, frankly, he's 119th in the field off the tee. He's not playing par fives particularly well right now, which I think is where you're going to need to score this week. Um, I'm just going to pass on sort of him thinking in my mind that the, that the sort of narrative that he plays great on past Palom is going to lift up his price point a little bit past where I'm willing to pay for it. Who are your two guys this week? Yeah. So uh, bullish on Cam Champ, probably no surprise there, Joe. You've yeah. got a situation where uh, now confirmed this is a very long golf course. He has the elite skill set. And what I actually like about investing in a guy like this, I can do it this week and never have to worry about it again. Right. Yeah. Like if he wins, awesome. I made out like a bandit. If he doesn't, it's like, well, I can go another year without Camp Champ. It's not like the the investment I've made in Aaron Wise for for 19 weeks and I'm stuck in it. I, I like this just, hey, this is a really good spot. We're seeing breadcrumbs of his of his best part of his game. I can worry about him this week and this week only. I think there's value in that. Yes, in Cam Champ, what we've seen is play him at courses that suit his game, that reward driving distance. And if you see a little inkling the week before, uh, we've seen him pop before. He did it at uh, what was formerly the Sanderson Farms. I had a huge ticket on him last year at the 3M Open. And the week before that, I noticed, you know what? He struck his irons really well at the John Deere. Gained like five strokes on approach. All of a sudden goes out the next week, takes advantage of that distance off the tee, which nobody can really keep up with him in the field. And, and he wins. So I lo love that pick this week on a course that suits his game. Uh, the bear seems pretty obvious here. It's Patrick Reed. And Joe, wh like, what's the case for Patrick Reed at this point? That he's got 10 PGA Tour wins and a major championship? Yeah, the only thing I can think of is um, just name upside. And, and you're right, 10 PGA Tour wins. And you're thinking that he's got to get it turned around. Um, top 25 at the players. I'm just trying. You asked me to kind of make I'm the case. I appreciate you trying. I'm reaching here. Bermuda, is that a good comp? No, it's past Palom. It's coastal. It's it's much shorter, but he showed up there in terrible form and kind of limped to a second-place finish. So maybe that's the narrative behind Patrick Reed. That said, when you look at the models, it's blood red. He's just way shorter off the tee now than he's ever been before. I mean, I yeah. just – literally, if his, name, if his name was Austin Smotherman, he'd be 150 to 1. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's outrageous. Anyway, that's our bullish and bearish abbreviated segment. Bulls on Smotherman and Champ Bears on Reed and Pat Perez, Joe, which I guess just leaves us with an opportunity to go and look at the big board because we are probably about 17 minutes away from this IPO phase closing. So let's shift our attention to, whoops, the big board. There it is. John Rom. No surprise. $8.46. Joe, he is currently the most expensive golfer in the market. He is the number one pre-ranked golfer. His fair value is a staggering $13.82. That's asking him to finish sixth or better. The John Rom hysteria is basically at full throttle this week, and we're seeing odds like we've never seen before and also a gap from the favorite golfer in the field to the rest of the field like I can't remember yes um I'll be interesting to see if that 
you know, if this sort of mirrors the odds boards, basically what the odds boards telling you right now is, is essentially that John Rahm is five times more likely to win this golf tournament than anyone else in the field. Right. Um, three to one, the next best guys like 18 to 20. Um, yeah. So I'll be interested to see how big that gap is. The fair value projection is a whopping $4 and 50 cents from John Rahm down to Abraham answer. Who's second there. I don't know. I I have concerns, to be quite frank with you, Rick. Um, lost in one, two, three, four, five consecutive markets. Is this a a a piece of shit putting contest that he doesn't like? That's what I'm worried about. The form isn't great to back that up. Um, I just think that it's going to be a little bit too inflated at thirteen point eight six or thirteen dollars and eighty six cents. You need to finish basically top five to pay that off. Yeah, his last 10 cash markets, he's a loser. His last five, he's a big loser. That's what you were kind of alluding to there, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the form isn't good. But obviously, there's a ton of motivation there. There's a huge opportunity here for to sort of step on a field, a weaker field, and and you know insert himself right back in the premier top players in the world. Uh, Tony Finau, second most expensive golfer, 701. I've not been... All that bullish on Tony for a while, but this feels like one of the better spots and one of the better situations with his short game appearing to start to turn around. It does. Um, if I've got to take my pick, I think Gary Woodland is like Tony Finau light in this instance. I think that he's just as good off the tee in terms of length as Finau is right now. He's a great long iron player. He's number one in the field in terms of par four scoring, 450 yards plus. Um, there are six of those. So one third of the holes this week are going to be within that range. Um, playing really well on par fives, had a great Florida swing. He's just in good form and much better form than Finau. So if those two, if all things are equal in terms of price, if they both kind of flirt around that $859 mark, I'd rather go Woodland, I think. Last eight markets for everybody in this field. Sebastian Munoz has the highest average profit. Actually, Patrick Flavin is is second, but he only has two cash markets. And then there's yeah, and then there's Gary Woodland, two thirty two. So he has not only been uh, showing up in the advanced metrics, Joe. He doesn't. He not only looks healthy, but it's actually turning into results, which I think is kind of an important aspect of all of this. You can say a guy's looking good and see that it's maybe it's coming around the corner, but Gary's actually in it right now. Yeah, uh, miscut at the Masters. That's okay. Um, I think that he he just sets up really nicely this week. Played well at Valero. Played well at a couple of events here through Florida. Honestly, could have won. I think either one of those events had he been a little bit sharper out of the bunkers late on a Sunday. I know there's a lot of them here, but I think the greens are a bit bigger than PGA Tour average. Should be able to take full advantage of his length off the tee, and he's just flushing it pretty well right now. Uh, yeah, he just tried to hit that hero shot out of that bunker at uh, PGA National and left it in there, right? on, on- AP, API, yeah. But the same thing kind of arose at Valero where he he went had a par five. He had like 175 in and dumped it in the bunker, left it in there a couple of times, made bogey, and all of a sudden he's out of it. Uh, if we flip this over and look at the top 10 pre-ranked golfers, and pre-rank matters because that's how we break ties here in the jock market, uh, not a lot of love early for Abe Answer. I imagine that's coming. He's a dollar and fifty cents, Joe. Patrick Reed still hasn't moved off of a dollar a share. So public sentiment not very positive on old Pat Reed. But do you see any other value here out of the top 10 golfers that you might be interested in investing in? Yeah, so answer is an interesting case. If it wasn't for the injury and then where he pulled out of the Valero and then the RBC, two events that I think are sort of tailor-made for his game. I'd be much more bullish on him because I think that anytime, Rick, we get into this situation where there's a lot of unknowns about the course, everyone kind of, it feels like, has a similar take on this groupthink idea that you're going to need to hit it really far off the tee. There's always the possibility that these things sort of shift, right? And all of a sudden, these guys, Brendan Todd's and Abe Answers and Russell Knox and Kevin Na, all of a sudden these names are on the leaderboard and nobody has them. So that's sort of the avenue that I was thinking about. If you can get a cheap price on answer, it may be a decent buy low spot because the majority of the the mindset this week is he's not long enough to compete here. 
for sure. And he just doubled. So Patrick Reed now up to $2 a share. Uh, Abraham Mansour up to five fifteen. So we are seeing movement okay. in those markets. Let's see if we can find a little bit of value here, Joe, because just so many names in this field. As I start to scroll down a little bit further, maybe the $4 or the $3 range, a couple of notables. We already pointed out Austin Smotherman. We've got Alex Smalley here. Chad Ramey is in this, is in this tier. Any name that you're seeing that you think is worth adding to that favorites list for tonight? These are a lot of our guys, aren't they? I know. You know who's my guy? Sahith. Um, I just think he's ready. I, I've been sort of on this bandwagon that uh, he's going to break through this year. I think this is an ideal spot for him. Um, just hits his driver really well. It's not so much as he hits it great, but he's a really aggressive player. And I think there are certain courses on the PGA Tour that don't align always with that strategy off the tee. And you've got to think a little bit more about your shots versus just playing super aggressive on a driver-heavy course. This ain't that. He took driver everywhere at waste management really well, and that's not the most driver-heavy course, but he was able to take advantage of that. I think that he can leverage that club again this week. He's been really good on those long par fours as well. His birdie or better rates are really solid. He has seemingly has like one like even par round that's it's kind of taken him out of a number of events and competing more. Uh, I just think the upside is really there and an opportunity week for him uh, to really solidify and put that first PGA Tour victory potentially under his belt. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to see that. There are there's just so many guys in this field, Joe, and I, I've probably made the argument this week that golfers, you know, 21 through 140 are generally the same. How is that going to impact uh, the way that you construct your portfolio tonight? Are you going to be living down here in the $1, $2, $3 range? Like, how are we going to do this? Yeah, I look, I think that that's a great sort of concept and I, an idea. It just all kind of depends on the gap between price, right? So if you're sort of new to this, every price that you are going to bid is associated with a finishing position. So for instance, uh, if you bid $5 even on a player, they need to finish 34th or better. So if they finish 34th, you're totally, that's your break even point. Any spot better than that, incrementally, you're moving up per share. Any spot worse, incrementally, you're moving lower per share on a spectrum. So it all comes down to that price and a little bit of risk tolerance as well. Like, do you want to go for these one, $2 sort of penny stocks and hope that you can get a boom week? We've seen a lot of people have a ton of success doing that uh, versus sort of pounding this mid range. But I think the beauty of, of jock market is there are so many different strategies. You can take two shares, you can have 200. Um, there's so many different players uh, here in the chat and in the contest that there's a lot of different avenues to succeed. Yeah, so a uh, quick update on the top of the board. John Rahm now $9.75 per share. So he's trending towards another double-digit uh, market here this evening. We're seeing guys start to line up behind in the form of, you know, Woodland and Champ and Kevin Nahn, Aaron Wise, some of the guys that we've already talked about. I actually think this next, the next tier down, Joe, is where I think we could find a lot of value, whether that's, you know, a couple of unknown entities like Chad Ramey or Davis Riley, whether it's even a savvy vet like Kevin Strillman, who's been playing well recently, Wyndham Clark, who's got kind of that elite skill set and he's playing better as of late. Like, I, this is the tier that I'm very excited about. What is currently the $4 section? That's obviously going to go up, but that's currently, I see a lot of value there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm with you. You know, there's a lot of the new guys. There's there's Ramey, like you mentioned, who won the Corrales, which I do think is, is a pretty good comp to this course in terms of yardage and how it may play if we had to pick one. Alex Smalley's right there as well at almost the same price. who was second at Corrales. So there's a lot of those young names, but you're right. I think maybe the interesting thing uh, will be are a lot of the, the stalwarts like Pat Perez that I mentioned, like Kevin Na, like Kevin Streelman, like maybe Charles Howell, who's not playing too bad. Are they kind of forgotten about this week and everyone's excited to play the new guys? And maybe you catch a little value on some of these older players who don't quite hit it as far, but have that experience and just know how to get the ball around the golf course. It's like the zigzag zig back to the yeah. veterans guys right where it's Listen, like, this okay. thing moves you know these last five minutes coming up here move lightning fast so you've got to sometimes adjust your strategy on the flight sometimes you got to call an audible with 90 seconds to go uh, i know that for sure uh carlos ortiz is here i have no idea what to do with carlos ortiz he has not been good since mayakova his last four trips to mexico he's been great do you buy 
that just because he's in home country, Mexico, he could play well? Or are you looking at uh, losing week, losing week, win, small win, small win, losing, 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 and using that as your information heading into this week? I can't buy into that narrative. If any, I, I don't think it means a whole lot. If anything, it, maybe it's a little added pressure on his shoulders. Like you mentioned, he's turned it into a lot of success. That said, um, I want to see form. I want to see that you're hitting the ball well, and he's just in a little bit of a rut at the moment. If this was the uh, the the Colorado Open, we wouldn't even be thinking about Carlos Ortiz this week. So the fact just because it's in at a new course on the Pacific coast of Mexico, he's going to get this sort of massive bump, which I think in a contest like jock market just is going to bring his price point up. Cause a lot of people are going to want to play him uh, just to kind of circle back to uh, those, those leaderboards that I have on, on my website here, Joe, this is the last 10 cash markets for everybody. I did point out Munoz at the top. Some other guys who do have big uh, winning, stretches here that also have 10 markets honor bond lahiri has been good that's kind of two peak events matt jones davis riley actually see what i kind of love about the jock market is davis riley is a really good example of this joe he's been okay and honestly like his best uh or second best finish the zurich uh is not even included in this data because there was not a cash market for it but all right. he's done is outperform his expectation like he hasn't been that good and he's one of the biggest profiteers that we have yeah, absolutely. He had that great finish at Valspar where he, I believe he was in that final group and sort of hung tough throughout, which was quite impressive to me. Hits the driver really well. He's got a sweet little swing on him and he pounds it out there pretty far. But like you go to like, like we just mentioned Ortiz, right? With the sort of narrative, the, the country narrative, um, like you can almost get behind sort of that, that Central America and that theme with, with Munoz a little bit this week. And he's just been playing so much better. Like the, the top performer lately over the last 10 markets that you have, um, I have him at one, two, three, four straight uh, 33rds or better. So he's playing pretty good golf. And he's only a dollar more than Carlos Ortiz this week. Um, I, I'd be much more inclined to get behind someone with better incoming form um, versus just playing simply a narrative. Yeah, no other market in the world can you finish T33 and and return you 22% ROI. Yeah. You love to see it. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you go here very shortly, but final thoughts here because there's some guys near the top of the board uh, that we haven't really talked about. Chris Kirk, Kevin Na, Aaron Rye, um, you know, JT Poston is over $5. Is there anybody else that you think is worth mentioning before we sprint to the finish line? Um, you nailed a lot of them. I do like Kirk a little bit. Um, interested to see kind of where Matt Jones shakes out just because I know he played really well at the Valero and also a tournament of champions, which I do think has a lot of similarities this week, but ultimately for me, and I usually don't do this because you know, I've done enough of these shows with you. I'm going to keep a close eye on John Rahm's price because I do think that he is definitively the best player in this field. And depending how big that gap is, um, you may be able to catch a little bit of value on his side this week in relation to where the odds makers sort of place this thing in terms of how they think it's going to shake out. So best player in the field, ton of motivation. Is he playing great? No, but there could be a price that makes sense for him over the next couple. All right, well, get out of here and see what you can find. Good luck with everything uh, the rest of the way. This is where we Take a pause from Joe, and he's going to go and uh, get his bids in, and we're going to look at his portfolio here in just a couple minutes because by my clock, it's 8.54 p.m. Eastern time, which means we've got about three minutes or so until we enter the final 90 seconds of this IPO. So bidding is really going to ramp up. Don't get left holding the bag. Make sure you've got everything that you need in. You've got your players favorited so that you aren't getting all frazzled over the final minute or two here taking a look at the big board john rom continues to extend ten dollars and 45 cents ten dollars and 45 cents a share for john rom that's asking him to finish about 11th or better this is 144 person field with a cut john rom by far the shortest odds in the field and by far the most expensive golfer in tonight's market tony finau is next 833 he along with gary woodland sitting right there in that mid eight dollar per share tier and then another pretty decent gap down to the guys in the seven dollar tier sebastian munoz cameron tringale kevin nah before they start piling up behind that that's where you get kind of tier one 
tier one, a tier two, and then everybody else after that, Chris Kirk, Abraham answer, cam champ, and all the familiar faces. Let me give this board a little bit of a refresher. We've got plenty of time. If you are trying to get your bids in, you still have at least a minute or so you could have upwards of maybe two and a half, three minutes, but we're getting very close to that randomized 90 second window. That's going to kick us off in the minute of five fifty seven. John Robb, no surprise, retains his top, uh, spot on top of the big board. We are seeing a little bit of movement on Abraham answer. He started off slow in this cash market, and he's making a move now, $7.85. He is the second pre-ranked golfer, which means the only person that he loses a tie to is John Rob. So we'll see if he can move up the leaderboard and get onto a position as the second most expensive golfer this evening. Let's flip this around and look at the top 10 golfers. Um, Patrick Reed, not the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get. That honor goes to Lonto Griffin, $5 a share, but Patrick Reed, very, very close, $5.05 a share. Public sentiment, not great for Patrick Reed, although this is the most expensive that he's been since the Honda Classic, probably due to field strength, outright odds, a couple other variables you could argue for Patrick Reed here uh, this week. I've got 8.57 by my clock. So we are probably very close to that 90-second window in which this thing can end at any moment. So make sure you're getting your bids in. I'll try to get one more refresh in here, maybe two more refreshes. Uh, Tony Finau, Gary Willen, they haven't moved. They are still at 833 and 822, respectively. We are seeing movement from Tringale, Kevin Na, Sebastian Munoz. They continue to move up the leaderboard, and it's kind of just solidifying down in the middle of this board. Carlos Ortiz up to 526. Wyndham Clark is up to $5. We talked about us, Austin Smotherman. He's 437. Who else did we talk about here? Where's our guy? Where's our guy, Patrick? He was $2 and something cents earlier. Where can I find him? Ooh, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Oh, come on. Where is he? 304. Pretty good. Okay. 304. We've got on Patrick. I love to see it. Let me get a refresh here. 858 by my clock. We are definitely in that 90 second window. We're definitely in it. So uh, make sure uh, you get your bids in. This thing can close at any moment. John Rom just crossed, crossed over $11. John Rom is $11 a share. That is the most expensive that he has been since the waste management Phoenix open. Uh, Tony Finau, 833. Gary Woodland, 822. Abraham answer 785. Not much change from the guys in the $7 range. A little bit of movement on Todd and Streelman. Patrick Reed making a move. He's added 70 cents over the course of his uh, last minute or two. Matt Jones about to break through the $6 mark. I think we're still open. I'm going to try one more refresh. Still open by my count. Still open. Still open. Let me refresh the big board. One more penny to John Rahm, 1101. One more penny to John Rahm, 1101. Finau and Woodland have not moved. So maybe we're tapped out on those guys. Uh, this is the most expensive Tony Finau has been, boy, in a long time. This is the most expensive he's been since the memorial uh, of last year. That's how long it's been. Gary Woodland, this is the most expensive he's been also in a very long time. Probably the most, I think that's the most expensive Gary Woodland's ever been in the jock market. Uh, that should tell you where we're at in this strength of field of 151, according to the official World Golf Rankings. IPO is closed. I just saw. I just tried to refresh it. It just got me. Shut it down. Shut it down. IPO is closed. How was it, Joe? Uh, it was good. It was good. Let me, you know how it takes a second here to get your uh, bids over to your holdings to make sure I, I actually got the players that I think that I got. But um, yeah, big time movement in the last couple of minutes there. All right, so what we'll do is we will uh, let the dust settle here. I need my big board to refresh. We will um, uh, get Joe's portfolio. I actually I have money to give away. Uh, I don't have the um, I don't have the comments handy, but John Komen three, congratulations, and G C H Mealy, congratulations. We'll get those sent over to you. If you want to win uh, 20 bucks into the jock market, we still got time. Make sure your jock market username is in the chat right now. That'll get you entered. I'll start with those two. How's your portfolio looking, Joe? Do you have, uh, has it come over yet? Yes. Okay. Let me get prepared for this. <laughs> One second, please. Uh, okay. I'm ready when you are. 
Matt Jones at the top. So I did have a active bids in, as you mentioned, on John Rahm at $11. I think that he just crossed over that. Uh, you mentioned 1101 That's when I lost them. Uh, moving down, in, it, it just a lot of guys in this sort of four, like $3 range. In the $4 range, I have Svensson, who you know is my guy at 445 Then in the $3 range, I got a bevy here. Peter Uline. I like Peter Uline this week. Four consecutive made cuts on the PGA Tour. That's his longest stretch in a while in consecutive made cuts, plus a couple of solid Corn Ferry Tour starts with a 17th and a second most recently. I think he's playing reasonably well. Emiliano Grillo, I know he's not playing great, but just felt cheap at 366. Um, at 331, you know I got some shares of Pat Flavin. Wow, 331. You love to see it. 50 shares of Patrick. So big investment wow. here from me. You come on the show, you get the power hour bump, and I'm fully invested What's now. The, uh, in what was it? Three, 350? So the break even's like 47, right? 331, actually. Okay, so it's like 49th. Top 49th or better. Top 50. Top 50, and top you're 50. you're making money. All right, love it. Make the cut, baby. Um, Hank Lebiota, 314. And then at $2.66, another guy that I'm I, I root for a lot. Uh, Wes Bryan trying to get that PGA tour card back. Not been playing terribly either. Uh, decent finish at Corrales. I think a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was Puerto Rico where he finished top 15. Um, that's my portfolio this week. A lot of guys I'm looking to get some boom out of down in that $3 range. Matt Jones, Adam Svensson, Peter Uline, Emiliano Grio, Patrick Flavin, Hank Lebiota, Wes Bryan rounds out the portfolio for you, Joe. Let's see what else we got. Thomas has, uh, Brendan Todd, Davis, Riley, Kramer, Hickok. Matthew went with Sebastian Munoz, Matt Jones. Uh, I guess that's Curtis Thompson or Michael yeah, Thompson. It could be Probably. Michael uh, or Curtis. It could be either. You got to be more specific, Matthew. We don't know who that is. Patrick Rogers could be Aaron Rogers for all I know. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> Peter Uline. So that's that's some crossover for you. You probably like Matthew's uh, Matthew's portfolio. Yeah, love it. Jones, Uline. Let's go, baby. I'm just trying to see what else we have there. Let me see if my uh, if my big board is refreshed. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, it has. Wow. Okay, Joe. Wow. Okay. Let me get let me get all the stuff out of the way here. John Rahm went for twelve ninety nine, dude. Wow. He was eleven. Whoa. He was eleven oh one with fifteen seconds to go. Jesus. Uh, somebody got probably all those shares. <laughs> That's wild. But also went below the fair value. So what was the gap between Rom and the next guy? About four dollars and fifty cents, which is right on uh, cue with what the fair value was. Correct? Yeah, and that's. Um, let me just confirm this. That that could have been jock market history right there. Let's just confirm this. Yeah, by a, a mile. So so wow. John Rom just set the record for the most expensive golfer ever in the jock market, breaking his own record, which was the 2021 Waste Management Open. He went for 1251. He just went for 1299. History, Joe. It's kind of shocking, but also kind of not, right? Because uh, we know what a good player is. We know that he's three to one, basically, to win this event. We haven't really seen that out of John Rahm during the last three years. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> Sheer Dog says, good to see Rom win something. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, Sheer Dog. Good job. Uh, Tony Fidel, Gary Woodland, 833-822. Opposite side of things, that did not move, Joe, for the final two or three minutes. So that was just like, hey, we're tapped out. I guess all that money that was allocated towards the top ended up on John Rom. Yeah, interesting. It would appear that, um, you know, it's hard for me to see your screen, but the majority, it looks like, uh, nine out of the 10 guys, with the exception of only Gary Woodland, went for below their fair value projected price that jock market sets. So um, really what that kind of shows me and what would indicate to me is um, this is a fairly green market and there's some value out there and, and there seem to be some really good price points on guys based on where the projections ended up. After that, you could probably argue these guys in just about any order. Answer Munoz, Nah, Tringale, Kirk, Champ. Does anything jump out at you here? <sighs> Nothing off the top of the page uh, that, I, that I'm just kind of going through there. I mean, like you mentioned Davis Riley, which I think is a pretty good price down there at 580. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Smalley's there, Ramey's there. Those guys are all $5.80, young up-and-coming guys who are playing good golf. So um, those seem like pretty fair prices on all of them. Uh, Reed, so to up- update our, our bullish or bearish, Reed went for 641. Champ went for 712. So we got to find Perez and we got to find Smotherman. Smotherman went for 456. Perez yep. went for 570. Wow, Joe. Yeah. So I guess everyone kind of echoed our maybe they just listened to us. <laughs> maybe they did. It seemed uh, like everyone was was bearish then on Perez and on Reed. And the bullish prices came through on Smotherman and Champ, like we kind of expected. Yeah. Okay. And there you go. 331. Nice on Patrick, which is believe All-time it or not. High. It's not. It's not. He oh, was it's not. He was 366 in Punta Cana. I was just thinking, like, how is that not? But it's not. 366. Let's go this week. I think we're all rooting for him. Hope he has a great week. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Super stoked about that. Um, trying to think. Housekeeping items. Uh, the code you're looking for is power. $50 deposit bonus. Uh, if you want to get signed up, get started. We know there's lots of good things coming in the jock market. They're always making great updates. Um what else, Joe? We'll do this again. What's next week? Wells Fargo. Next week, Wells Fargo. Yeah, we're not going to have an off week for a while, which I love to hear. So there's no more team events for quite a while. We're in this run through the majors. NBA playoffs going on right now. NHL playoffs are starting up. So plenty of other markets to sort of yeah. test out. Uh, test out in jock market. NBA um, is really fun, too. And also really tilting because <sighs> just like the final minute of games is is kind of crazy to watch. Like, is he fouling out? Is your guy getting pulled out of the game because it's a blowout? Is there free throws? So it, yeah. it's an also another uh, very fun sweat that I found out recently. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, we are so laser focused on the every nuance of the golf portion of this. But there's like a million other markets that are just as fun and just as crazy. And when every you're around watching. Yeah. And like and what I like I, and now that baseball's back, like there's day games. Like if you're looking for something during the day, I'm like, oh, OK, like let's see what's going on during the day. Well, I'll just sit here and watch this. So there's there's a ton of stuff going on. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, they've added NASCAR as well. So, yeah, there's there are a ton of stuff that's really a, like the thing about golf is uh, it's the once a week, right? It's the Wednesday night IPO. And then obviously this thing is fluid uh, from basically now until Sunday afternoon when they crown a champion. So you can add shares, you can short players, you can dump shares if you see a good price for them. Uh, but like you mentioned, there's contests, re- new IPOs daily. You, you see them in the app. And they've added some new updated features on the well. I, d- I did an update on the app earlier today and some, some cool new things in there. I like the new look. It tells you where you rank now on each contest. So you can able, you're able to see like what finishing position you got in. Uh, just fun little things to make it a little bit more competitive, which is cool. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. We'll do this whole thing again next week. Same time, same place, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel on Wednesday. Joe, good to see you, bud. We'll see you next week. Peace, buddy. See you guys.